In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who lives so that you can truly live. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, He is risen! He is risen! He is risen! Those words are so full of life. They're so full of what Jesus Christ has to give to us on this, His resurrection day. They're so full of what He has to offer us for all of eternity. They're these words of life and affirming what it means to live. And so naturally, as I thought about those words and I thought about what it meant to live, as I thought about it, I saw the opening scene of a certain movie. In this certain movie, there are about four Scottish lads running down a street. And in the background, you hear, and you begin to realize that it is Iggy Pop's lust for life. And as you see them running down the street, all of a sudden you see a car kind of screech to a halt. And there in front of the car, you see Ewan McGregor. And Ewan McGregor is there. And some of you already know what movie this is. And he's looking into the car sort of with disbelief. And you're looking at the screen with disbelief. What is going on? And then all of a sudden you hear the voiceover. And it's Ewan McGregor's Scottish brogue which I'm not going to attempt, but it says this. Choose life. Choose a job. Choose a career. Choose a family. Choose a big television. Choose washing machines, cars, compact disc players. It was 97. (laughs) And electrical tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol, and dental insurance. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suit on hire and purchase and range of fabrics. Choose DIY and wondering who you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows. Stuffing junk food into your mouth. Choose rotting away at the end of it all. Your last days in a miserable home. Nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish brats you have spawned to replace yourself. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I chose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons... There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got heroin? The rest of the movie, Train Spotting, goes on to tell you about Ewan McGregor's character and how his character, this guy named Mark, how he is trying to kick his heroin habit. And how throughout the entire process of that movie, he is trying to choose life. And we're kind of, I think, at times confused about what it means for us to choose life. Because I think at times we we kind of wonder what it is to really be living. 
Sometimes we wonder what it means for us to have this sense of life. This entire Holy Week, we have been using Psalm 118 as our major text as we've been looking at all of the different days of Holy Week, from Maundy Thursday to Good Friday, from Palm Sunday, and even until today, Easter Sunday. We're looking at this singular Psalm, Psalm 118, which is appropriate here in a Lutheran church because Martin Luther said that of all of the Psalms, this Psalm was his favorite. He even called it my Psalm. And while he was in a castle in Wartburg, Germany, hiding away from people that wanted to kill him, he decided that he was going to take chalk and on his cell wall in that castle in Germany, he wrote out the words to Psalm 118, verse 17, which is the line that we read together. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. And perhaps it feels maybe a little bit easier for Martin Luther to have written those words on his wall, to have those words mean so much for him, because he knew that the moment that he left that castle in Wartburg, if he was not disguised up, well, then somebody might come up to him and pop a cap in him. At least 1500s version of that. That somebody might come up to him and they might strike him with a dagger or they might do something else and he might die. You see, having that proximity of death, well, well, it seems to give so much more meaning to what it is to be alive. And so Martin Luther had that. He had that sense of, well, I might die if I walk out of this building. And so because of that, we can kind of understand that when Martin Luther read those words, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord, that you can get a sense of why that was so meaningful to him. But why is it meaningful to us? Because most of us, when we walk out of this building, there is not going to be an assassin there who is waiting to kill you. At least I hope not. And so what does it mean to us, to us who maybe don't feel like death is knocking in the next few minutes in our lives? Yet we do have this kind of sense this kind of sense that there is something out there. Maybe it is not an assassin clothed in black hanging outside of University Lutheran just waiting for you. But maybe it is something that is trying to steal away what it is that you consider to be life. That joy, that happiness, that you-ness. That peace, that prosperity that you consider to be your life. And you realize that there is maybe not only just one assassin that is looking to steal that away from you, but it seems like every time you turn around, 
Somebody is trying to steal that life from you. And so then you start getting into these questions about, well, what do you allow people to steal from you? What do you allow people to take away from you? And what is actually life? What is the thing that you want to hold on most dearly to? How do you choose life? And what is that life that you choose? Is it a mechanical tin opener? Is it a CD player? Is it heroin? Interestingly enough, in the later scenes of that movie, Train Spotting, there comes this point where Mark, Ewan McGregor's character, starts to have a discussion with this young lady named Diane, and she starts to tell him about what she has seen in the world. She's quite a bit younger than he is, and what she has seen in the world is that the world is changing. And that nothing is the same anymore. The world is all full of change. And the things that are changing that she is noticing is that the music is changing. The drugs are changing. And the football, meaning soccer, is changing. And maybe for you, maybe for you that's a pretty good list of what life is. It's, it's music and drugs and football. Meaning Florida State. Or, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it is something more like the life that you are looking for is that boy or that girl or that friend who is going to tell you that you're okay and to solve all of your insecurities. Or maybe that life that you were really looking for is just that sense of being okay because you're climbing the corporate ladder at a fairly decent rate. Or maybe for you that is that you're getting good enough grades that you can go on to grad school. Or maybe that is whatever it is for you. And you're consciously making the decisions to choose that as life. And maybe you're telling yourself, well, at least it's not heroin. But isn't it? You see, all of those things are good, usually, that we chase after. All of those things that we begin to wrap our lives up into so tightly that we begin to think that they are life themselves. But at some point, they let us down. At some point, they begin to break down. They begin to not be worth quite as much. They begin to not be all that they're cracked up to be. And in the midst of them, we begin to see those things that we thought were so full of life beginning to die of old age. And we wonder, how do I choose life now? 
How do I choose what is really alive? Well, the psalm equates that life with this life that is in concert with God, this life that receives its lifeliness out of God, this life which Jesus Christ rose out of the tomb in order to show us. So that we would not get our petty idols confused with Him. With the life that God has to offer all of humanity. And so as the psalm goes on, it says, You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God and I will extol you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. That steadfast love. That steadfast love is the life that God has to offer you. That steadfast love is not something that is so ethereal that it goes away after an Easter worship service or after an entire year of going to church. Because certainly that can happen. No, it's it's something more, it's something deeper, it's something greater. It's something that is truly life-giving. And no matter who you are in here, in this morning, if you are somebody who, this is the first time that you have been back to church in years or a year, or if you have been here every Sunday along with us, and you know what my daughter's name is, There is life for you. And it is a life that you get by considering His life to be more important even than your own. Let me say that again. It is a life that you get by considering His life, the life of Jesus Christ, even more important than your own. You see, it's interesting that the picture of Good Friday may be a cross, but the picture of Easter Sunday is a tomb. An empty tomb, albeit, but still a tomb. A tomb with an open door. So that we as Christians can walk into that door and embrace what it is for us to feel like we're dead. In fact, the early Christians often were were baptized in a tomb. That their new life started at the moment when Christ's life seemed like it was at its most final. 
But for us, when we walk into that tomb, we see not death, but a new life. A new life that has been won for you. This Easter, we ask you to consider what it might be like for you to choose that life because it's already been chosen for you. Amen.